Hello and welcome to Becoming the Influential Me. I'm Michelle Chikanda and today I want to talk about networking. I want to talk about several different elements of networking. I want to talk about uh, how to network and actually, you know, get out there and get to know people. I want to talk about social networking. LinkedIn is changing so rapidly and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that. I also want to talk about finding a mentor by networking or through networking because this is a question that I get every time. So let's go back a little bit. I was inspired to do this based off of a question that I received thank you, you know who you are, um, for sending your emails and your questions through. Sometimes I answer via email or sometimes it's a biggie and I just got to dive in on the podcast because I've, I've had the same question repeated over and over again or because it's just too complex to sit there and write things down in an email. <laughs> just putting it out there. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Um, it lets me know that you like the content that you're hearing and it lets me know also that you want more of it. Um, also, if you have comments or things you'd like me to talk about, email me, put your comments in the um, bar below. Love, love, love hearing from you and hearing what I'm doing right, what I could do better, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. It might be the sound of my voice, but we will work around that. <laughs> okay, so let's dive in. Let's get into it. Michelle, I'm an introvert. I don't really like to network, but I understand that my career would greatly benefit from it. How do you navigate that? Well, the, the one way I would navigate that, what, that I would say to navigate that is just do it. Um, the pandemic has been a game changer. There's no two ways about it um, because people aren't having live events right now. Um, so everything is happening online and forums can be challenging and LinkedIn forums can be even more challenging. Um, so I understand the dilemma that we have um, from that. However, I would like to approach it as if we were back in the good old days in 20. 19 before the madness of coronavirus happened because a lot of the things that I'm going to say about how we approach live events where we're physically interacting with other people um, some of those things can be extrapolated and put into the virtual environment and also let's not forget the virtual environment is not forever things are starting to open up events are starting to happen more and more um, sometimes they're doing hybrid versions etc but Events are becoming a thing again. So um, let's talk about it. Michelle, how do or what is the best way that um, we should, what's the best way to network? Well, the best way to network is, for example, I always say it all starts when you're at home. When you're at home, before you go to the event, what do you actually want to get out of any networks that you build? What's your objective? Because without a clear objective about what you'd like to get from a network, then... Um, you're unlikely to get it. So what kinds of people do you want to meet and why? What's, what's interesting about those people? What makes them interested in you? What do you have to offer these people? And why should they speak to you? Just getting clearer on those finer points. And for me, I find putting it down on paper is really helpful. 
Why? Because when I do finally meet my target network, um, I have a clear proposition for them. I'm talking about things that they will find engaging. It is a more directed approach. But if you're somebody who struggles with networking, it would definitely help you to get your thoughts clear. And it will also give you an agenda, a reason to approach those people. So let's say you're at a conference and you're just getting to know people and suddenly you come across somebody who you think, ah, this person would be great. Um, then you have a, a, a pre-prepared conversation in your back pocket, or at least, you know, in your mind. Here's another thing. If you're going to an event where there's a guest list and you already know who you would like to speak to, then the same applies. If if you're lucky enough to have a guest list, just tick off a few names of people you would love to have a conversation with and think about what kind of conversation you would like to have with them. That might be um, beneficial. Number one. Number two, work on your emotional game. One of the things I found with people that don't like networking is they think, oh, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound so stupid. I don't have anything to say. What if I don't have any questions? And then they go into their mind. They go inside their head and start playing a movie and you're forgetting that you're in a conversation with other people. Networking is about giving. And so when you're in an environment where you're networking, I am, I have to say it, I'm a great networker. And the reason I'm a great networker is it's never about me. I am so curious about the other person. I allow them to speak and then they ask me about myself. And then before you know it, we're in a 30 minute long conversation, right? Because it's about giving, it's not about taking. So if your mindset is, how can I engage with this person? Be curious. How can I share things that they will, be, they will find valuable? But it's not about me, it's about them. Once you are in that frame of mind, networking is easy. Why? Because once you, when you approach somebody, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to be like this or it's going to be really tough. You're actually thinking, this person's going to love engaging with me because we're both going to learn something amazing. Not only that, the conversations are going to deliver. So if you're if you're an introvert who struggles generally to strike up conversations, just think about the other person. Don't think about what's going on with you. Not only that, but generally speaking at events, almost everybody's looking for someone to talk to. So nobody's front foot, back foot or whatever, just or, you know, first class, second class. Everybody's open to having a conversation. You just have to make sure your conversation is illuminating enough and the best way to be illuminating is to talk about the other person because people love to talk about themselves uh, I think I should get a t-shirt people love to talk about themselves people love the sound of their own voices um, and people say oh that's overly harsh that's overly cynical but it's true <laughs> okay um, so so that would be what I would say around networking don't overthink it Make the other person your priority. Do as much research beforehand as possible. Really think through the types of people you want to speak to and why, right? And have fun. People are um, drawn to people that look like they're having fun, people that are laughing, people that are joking, people that are not taking the moment so seriously, people that are having educated, intelligent conversations, but who can have a sense of humor around it too. So just remember that. Don't take it so seriously. Chill out, breathe, have fun, but have done your research. Be clear on who you would like to speak to and why. What other things would I say around networking and how to make it uh, easier? 
don't drink too much. That that's also I know it sounds silly, but sometimes when there's wine or or alcohol at events, people you will always see me with a glass of wine in my hand. But I'm almost certain you will see me with the same glass of wine in my hand at the end of the night. Because if I'm really there to make the most of the relationships that I create, the last thing I want to do is get plastered and not really remember or create the impressions that I want to create. Uh, even though alcohol does help you calm the nerves or whatever it is that you you know whatever, but. Just try to limit the amount of alcohol that you drink. I was inspired by the fact that I took a, took a sip of my water. This is water, not alcohol. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that is what I would say. What else would I say around networking? I think um, I would say those are my my secret life changing tips. Okay, let's move on to the next part. Uh, LinkedIn. Oh. So I used to advise people, you know, really try and grow your network using LinkedIn. If you see somebody that you think would be of interest for your career, um, send that person a request and really just try and create a relationship with that person via LinkedIn. Ask them for a coffee. If you're looking to move jobs or move industries, find people in that industry and, you know, create relationships with those people and ask them what do they love about their jobs? What don't they love about their jobs? And then people would say to me, how do I find them? And I'd be like, go on LinkedIn and send them a message, Um, which was great pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, the LinkedIn game has changed. And the reason I say this is because you get, I don't know about you, but I get flooded, flooded with people trying to sell me things, people telling me they've got great opportunities they'd like to talk about, people telling me that they've got this free event that they'd like to invite me to, people talking, telling me that they would just like 10 minutes of my time to show me how they can drastically change my life, give me weight loss, give me a big business, give me this, give me that. <laughs> um, so LinkedIn is not as powerful as it used to be on the um, engaging with strangers bit. However, that said, I do and have received LinkedIn connection requests from people that I felt were sincere. And when I did read them, I thought, I want to connect with this person. And what did those, what did, what do those, what are the key characteristics of those LinkedIn requests that I'm like, yeah, I want to open this because I, I, I want to connect with this person because they're bomb. This person said, Michelle, I've been following your career and I love the post that you did in 2019 about this, this and that. And I noticed that you haven't been doing as many uh, podcasts. Um, and I just wanted to, to let you know that I'd love to connect because I love your insights and would love to know more about, you know, what... I don't know what's going on or whatever it is that they said, but they made it highly personal, right? And 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 all other people would say something like, oh, I know that you worked at this company. I also worked at this company, wanted to work at this company. And I realized that ever since then, things have changed and this has happened. But one thing that's always stood out to, to me about you as I've been somebody that's been observing things is X, Y, and Z. So a highly personal, I'm really interested in you and what you've achieved so far and what you want to achieve in the future does make a difference. It increases the chances of your email not even getting an open or your LinkedIn request not even getting an open to actually somebody saying, yes, I would love to engage with you. 
I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I think just saying, hey, I'd, I, I'm looking for a mentor or I'm trying to change industries and I would love to know your thoughts is kind of like, well, what do I get out of it? Or, well, you know, what's it? Well, why should I be interested? Um, it's really about saying you are a remarkable human being. And even though 99.9999% of the population isn't paying attention, I am. And I think you are both worthy of my time, but I'm also worthy of yours. It's just a different way, a re-engineering of that interaction. I hope that makes sense. Okay, here's the other thing about LinkedIn. You've got to make your request uh, clear that it's different to the millions of other requests that are coming in. So if you can send maybe uh, 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 a link to a short video where you say that something, you know, you say what you want to say to this person. Maybe you send, you know, a handwritten note. Maybe you send, I don't know, but find a way of creating a difference between the people that you were sending things to and the people and 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 and, um, and everybody else right? Um, Points of differentiation matter. Taking care matters. If you think you can just write to a hundred people and get, you know, three responses back, that did maybe work pre-pandemic, but now it's not going to. Tailor, tailor, tailor. Make it about the other person. Think it through and really write something. Maybe you won't get a response. I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to get a response, but there's more of a chance that you will get a response if you write something hyper-tailored and hyper-specific. I've had requests that somebody said, Michelle, I'm working in this environment. I would love it if you could mentor me because I think you're great. Why am I great? Why should I mentor you? Who are you? What makes you think that we're going to create a great mentorship relationship, right? Um, And why should I give up so much of my time and make such a big commitment via email without knowing you? That person would have been better set, um, better, would would, would have had a better response from me had they said, I would love it if you could review this thing for me or write this or read this email and, and, and let me know what you think. That's a good, instead of asking me for an hour every quarter, why don't you start by asking me for, you know, two minutes or five minutes or, you know, whatever. But just, it's really, really important that we don't just assume that people have time to give. So differentiate yourself and don't make assumptions about people's time. Okay, last but by no means least, the mentorship piece. Mentors are great. Mentors can help you fast track your career. There is no two ways about that. I have mentors and they have made a big difference in my life. But have I always had mentors? No. Um, How do you find a mentor? The short answer is, it's like dating. How do you find a husband? Right? There's, there's no short answer to that question, is there? And if, if, if there is, please do let me know because I'm curious. Um, but it's, it's, a simple, it's, it's a similar thing. The dynamic has to be right. The, the people that are involved have to have the time. They have to be willing to work at a certain level. They have to, there's so many different aspects to mentorship that are often overlooked. There's a responsibility there on both parts that is often overlooked. It's not just a great chat with somebody where you can tell them what you've achieved or they can tell you what they they seen. 
it is actually an opportunity for both people to grow together. And just like marriage, it's not something that people should take lightly and send a quick note over LinkedIn. Yeah, hay fever. Um, send a quick note over LinkedIn. Um, it's actually, you're asking for a profound relationship that could shape your career. And therefore it's to be taken seriously from both parties. So I would not ask a stranger if they could be my mentor because I don't know if I'd like to, I would want to continue the relationship once I get to know them off paper. So what I would ask for is uh, a conversation to start, number one. Number two, um, great mentors uh, are usually people that are invested. And for somebody to invest usually requires them to see something in you worth investing in. It is not a relationship that people can enter into lightly. I think I'm kind of semi-repeating myself, but the point is when you make that request, be mindful of the other person. Empathy creates great mentorship relationships, number one. Number two, Think about what you have to offer. Reverse mentoring is all the rage. I said number two, what I meant was point B of number two. (laughs) Reverse mentoring is all the rage. What can you offer this person in exchange? What do you bring to the table? You want to take, 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 but what can you give, give, give? And that actually should be more than what you can take from the relationship. If somebody said to me, Michelle, I bet you're not even thinking about what's happening in AI. I happen to work in AI and you teach me about all the career stuff you know, I give you AI. You've got my attention. (laughs) And I'm not saying it always has to be give and take, but I am just saying, think about ways you can add value to the other person as well so that it can be a mutual and useful exchange. Okay, number three, uh, think about uh, where to find this person. Now, usually this person is in a, a role similar to yours, but more senior, which means they have less time. Uh, think about whether it's worth getting somebody who's retired, because they do have time and they do want to mentor people. Um, I've worked with so many senior leaders that have retired and said and you ask them what do you want to do and they just I just want to pass down my knowledge I just want to pass on what I know to other people and then when you have that then you then you have somebody with ample time um, ample experience great strategy because they've probably gotten to a different level within their career and they can give you so much more so sometimes don't be so linear in who you're looking for mentorship from Don't just look at the person in a more senior position to you, but actually look for somebody who maybe has done what you want to to do, but maybe a little while ago. Also think about different sectors and what they can give you in terms of perspective. It's not just, oh, because I work in marketing, I need to find a mentor who's worked in, who's a CMO. Um, No, it's not always that linear. Sometimes your best, best person is to be mentored by somebody who's a CFO because they've always got an eye on their money and they will help you to accelerate your career to board level because they will give you exposure and an insight into a different area of the business. So when we are thinking of all this, these are the things that we take to a mentor. We don't just take a, hey, this is a nice LinkedIn request. It's a, hey, I've thought about this. Here's my 30-page proposal. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't have to be 30 pages. But it's just 
a well-formed understanding of why you want a mentor, um, what they get out of it, uh, how they're going to add value to you. Don't give them homework and let them think, oh, how can I help this person? Make it, give them ideas around some of the ways that they can help you. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't give people homework is, would be my advice when you're reaching out to anybody on LinkedIn, whether you're networking or whatever. Do not give people homework. You do the homework and then they can just say, okay, I can slip into that role or here's what I would change. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Um, again, mentorship is like finding a, a husband. There are no easy ways. Sometimes you get lucky, um, but I, I think we should approach it as such. We should also think about, okay, do I actually need a mentor? Is Or at this stage in my career, I just need to graft and get to the next level. Um, sometimes you feel like you need a crutch, but sometimes you just don't need one. Just crack on. Um, advice is helpful. And there are always avenues to get that advice. Join other like groups with other women or with other uh, professionals uh, in, in a similar field. You might be able to get the same input that you think you're going to get from a, from a mentor from that particular group. Okay. And I think... That is everything. I do want to leave you with one, uh, some of the tips and techniques that I typically use when I'm in relationships that are uh, professional relationships, that is networking or um, social networking or mentorship, how I navigate those things and what techniques I use to engage with those people. So on all levels, whether you're asking for a mentorship, approaching somebody on LinkedIn or speaking to person live at an, at an event, what I would say is follow the four E's. Please echo people. When people are talking and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and then they say, yes, but the equilibrium is created by the multicall plasma. Your responsibility is not to understand what that means. Your responsibility is to say, okay, but the equilibrium created by the m multiple plasma um, is like this. What does that actually mean? Or, or you know, re using their words and echoing their sentiment and then using that to make whatever point you want to make or to ask whatever question you want to, you want to make because this makes you engaging, right? Also, you can extend, which is the second E, Extending is really about your ability to say, okay, so you said that the equilibrium is created, blah, blah, blah. Um, based off of that, doesn't that mean X, Y, and Z? Right? So it's, it's you taking what they said and adding to it. Because that says, I'm fully listening. I've taken what you said. And now I'm going to add all of this to it as well because we're building this beautiful conversation this beautiful piece of art this tapestry together okay then we move on to the third e which is expand when i say ex no sorry not expand expound um summarize so basically what you're saying is this and what you're saying is that isn't that interesting so you don't actually have to have an opinion. You can just summarize what other people have said in a bid to move the conversation forward. These are some of the tips and tricks that I use, definitely use, in order to get people's uh, engagement when I'm, you know, speaking to them. So, how, Michelle, how does this work in a... Oh, and then the final one is execute. I love that. I'm going to go away and do it. 
you, what you said is so profound, I'm going to go away and do it. I'm going to execute it and get back to you. Can I have your, your details? Because I want to tell you how this goes. So this is another great way of making sure that people are engaged when they're having a conversation with you. I use the four E's all the time. So, but Michelle, how does this work when you actually do it in via LinkedIn? Well, via LinkedIn, if I'm reaching out to somebody, maybe I would say something like, hey, so-and-so, I read a report that you wrote on Excel and you, and I love the fact that you said this and this and this. I'd like to add that now you're, expa- now you're, ex- um, you're, you're expanding on what they said. Um, I'd like to add that this and this and this and this, or, and then, and then on top of that, then you summarize. In summary, I would love it if we could have another conversation based on this because also this person said that and that person said this and I'd love to have a conversation. Let's do something about it. So this is this is kind of how you make yourself sound more interesting because it's kind of gone from being a, hey, let's have lunch, I'm interested, to a, you said this and then I think this. Here's the summary. What can we do about it? Just a quick engagement piece. I didn't want to go into too much detail with the four E's, but it should give you an idea of some of the things that you can do to create some depth to your networking experiences and also to your requests when you're asking somebody to be uh, a mentor. So let's do the the four E's with, with a mentor, for example. So you can echo what they've said. I really loved what you said in that meeting about X, Y, Z. To add to that, I thought maybe if we could do things in this way, we would get to X result. However, there's a big missing piece for me because this person said that, this person said that, and this person said that. And I'm really unclear on how I could execute, how I can move forward and do something. And so I'd love to have a chat. Isn't that interesting? You've just gone from asking, can you be my mentor? To, you said this, I've seen this, this is what's happening, this is what I want to do, let's have a conversation. Just putting it out there. So networking, mentoring, social networking is a big beast. And it's not so easy to tackle, but I hope this conversation that we've had, you and me, um, helps you to understand it a little bit better and to approach it with a little bit more finesse. Just my thoughts. And that is it from me. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Love hearing your thoughts. So comment, send me emails, michelle at theinfluentialme.com. And until next time. Bye.